the story of Christmas. Most one love is the story of Joseph, Mary. That's what we see most often. But if you read the Bible in Matthew and Luke, which are the two books of the Bible that actually give the details of the birth of Jesus, you see that there are other characters that are involved to make that singular happen to Jesus coming into the world. The book of Luke of Matthew, Matthew started with the genealogy from Adam, he drew it all to David and to Joseph. Then from there he started the story which we normally know of. Back then the one that was acted on Tuesday, which only days from the story of the Matthew. It's also in Matthew where we talk about the wise men. The Bible actually never mentioned it. Some are playing up, I don't know how he got into the whole story. But I want to guess because of the gifts they brought. What are they? Gold, frankincense, and men. It's all the people. Because of that, we call them the three wise men. But the Bible never specified that. But if you go back to the book of Luke, Luke again gave another narrative of the word of Jesus. Now, one particular one which I want to talk about today is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. That's one story you see there. It started with that because that story was a precursor to the birth of Jesus. Jesus Christ coming into being. He gave that story then went into the birth of Jesus. How Mary came into the same. And also, good thing you see there also in that same story. After talking about Joseph and Mary, um, Joseph and Mary you see all that story of the prophets that were in the temple who were waiting for the birth of Jesus. So, there are a lot of characters around the birth of Jesus. So, for today, this Sunday, I was talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth. That's one story we've not heard so much. But within this week here, even before I got to know I'm going to minister, like, I decided, like, let me just do a study to read the story. And when I read that story, you're just like, wow, okay. So, let's go real quick to Luke chapter 1. The entire story is actually from Luke chapter 1, from verse 5 to 25. So, first of all, I'll focus on Luke chapter 1, verse 5 and 7. Okay, it says, during the reign of King Herod, the great over Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also from a family of priests, being a direct descendant of Haram. Verse 6, they were both what? Lovers of God. I'm going to pause there. One as a church, what is encourage couples to serve God together? When I say serve now, it's not just coming to church. Beyond you coming, one encourage couples that as your husband is maybe in ushering, you should be in welcome. They both are lovers of God. It's not like the husband loved God, 
then the wife was just tagging along. No, they both love God. See, they were both lovers of God. Living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord truly. Verse 7. But they were shyless since Elizabeth was barren. And now they were both quite hood. From the King James Version, there was something that was mentioned about them. It said they were righteous. They did everything right. They served God. They gave their time. They gave their money. They gave everything you could humanly think of. But there is a bet in the story. The Bible says they were childless. As at the time of this story, they were already hood. Well, I mean hood. This is almost like, yes, but they were quite hood, yes. So you're looking at maybe 80, 60. And you could tell also, for a person who has been expecting a child from day one in marriage, let me assume they got married when they were in their 20s. And if they're 80, in their 80s, that would be like 60 years of waiting. And you know, that's quite a long, long time to be asking for one thing from God. It's quite a long time. It's quite a long time. But one also important story about from this, the Bible says Zechariah is a priest. And in those days, for you to serve, you already know that in the Bible, there's a whole tribe. Their job is to serve God. Among the 12 tribes of Israel, one particular tribe, the Levites, their job is to serve. Their job, they are the choirs. They are the ones that will come and preach. Let's just say in our own days, right? Now, if I use our own day, they are the people who are choir, the drummers, the people who are ushering people. They are, that's their job. That's what they do. And from study, the Bible says, not only the Bible, but from study, you have about 18,000 people who's vying to do the job of, of this guy, Zechariah. For you to come into the holies of holies, the most holy place rather, they need to cast lots. It's like they will throw dice, but believing that God is behind it, not just throwing dice for the sake of luck, no. They do it with the intent that God is behind it. The true lot on that day, the Lord fell on him. And for every priest, for him to get into that plan, I want to get this foundation right to so understand where I'm going later on. For you to do this job, once you get into the most holy place, throughout your lifetime as a priest, you only have once, only once, one opportunity one opportunity to get into the most holy place. And let me try to explain a bit about how the altar is. The altar is divided into three parts. The inner court, the outer court, inner court, and the most holies of holies. The holies of holies is where put it the most holy place as at that time in the world. Where the physical presence of God could be. When you say, where, where, when you say if you ask, where is God? You can actually say, go to the temple. God is there. 
and it's the high priest only that can get to the most holy place once in a year. Let's just say for our discussion, behind the screen is the holies of holies. The Bible says it's covered with a thick cloth. No man steps in. The Shekinah glory of God is there. It resides there. Then this altar, where I am right now, is the most holy place. For the priest, if, you're, if it gets to your turn and they cast lot, it comes on you. You have one opportunity in your life. And once you do that, you are out. Why am I emphasizing this? He prepared. It's something every priest is looking up to. It's something every priest desires to do. To step, to get close to God. In that same most, the holies of holies is where Heron's rod was placed. The rod that was dead. A wood, you say, this wood will never grow. No matter how you water it, it will never grow. But the Bible says that rod was placed in the most holies. Overnight, it blows on. But now, Zechariah had the opportunity of standing close to the most, to the holies of holies. On that faithful day, he stepped in. Usually, he's not the only one that will go in. Two other people will be chosen. They will prepare the incense. Parkley's job that day is to come up, light up the incense. And once the congregation who are outside see the incense coming up, they all go down, offer their prayers, their thanksgiving to God. That was his whole ceremony on that day. So he stepped in. Two other guys, they did what they need to do. The other two guys left. He was left alone. And the Bible said, it's in verse 8, the part where the angel appeared to him. One day, why is Zechariah priestly order was on duty? He was serving as a priest. It happened by casting of lots according to the custom of priesthood. That the honor fell upon Zechariah to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. Verse 9. A large crowd of worshippers had gathered to pray outside the temple at the hour when incense was being offered. Before I get to verse 11. So already there's a pressure of people who are outside. Just imagine like this. You're all seated about to hear the word of God. And I become speechless. You know, there's a pressure, like it or not, I'm under pressure talking to you right now. Same thing for Zechariah on that fateful day. But the Bible says in verse 11, all at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Verse 10, verse 12. Zechariah was startled, overwhelmed with fear. See, like I said this, Zechariah was stepping into where? The holy place. A place close to God. Zechariah was in need of a child. Once he stepped in, for me, I'm going not just with my own request. I'm stepping there with faith. 
that once I get close, something will happen. There's an expectation that I expect Zechariah to have carried in. There's an expression I expect him to have gone in with. Stepping into the holy space to offer incense. But the Bible says he saw an angel and he was startled. It's a long read. I don't want to go through the other part. But the old story there, the angel told him what he has been wanting to hear since. Let's just read it. Then verse 13. Okay, let me read from Mount Verses. So, but the angel reassured him, saying, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing you grace to you. For I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. What he's been praying for for over 50 years plus, what he's been expecting to hear, the answer is looking forward to. God says, it's been answered. Then go with a long list of what the child will do, what the child will become, how you're going to take care of the child. He gave him a list of instructions. I'm still going somewhere. So let's go over to verse 18, the TPT translation. After all of that, the first part we read, he said he was all startled. This was man that was afraid. After seeing the angel, explaining everything that will happen, what you've been praying for for 50 years, what you've been believing God for a long time, he finally got the answer. This was his response. Zechariah asked the angel, so you expect me to believe this year until you talk? How do you expect me to believe this? How do you expect me to believe this? You see, the talk makes sense. My wife is hood. I am hood. You're telling us we will give birth. How? See, one my word for you today, God has, he hears your prayer. And that's the first thing I want to let you know. God hears your prayer. Because that's the first thing the angel told him. Your prayers have been answered. They've been heard. Your prayers have... So I don't see it. You might say, Pastor, I've been praying. I've been expecting. I don't think yours beat this. Because from what I see here, even online, I don't think most of us are up to 80 years. And we've been waiting for a child for that long. So whatever you are praying for, whatever you're asking God for, just know this. God has heard you. God has heard you. So I need you to know that. Just rest assured that God has heard you. Despite what has happened. Because we step into the year, particularly 2020, with all our hopes expectation with a list of prayer points that God, this is what we're going to do. This is what I want done. With that long list, we present it to God. I'm telling you to, to tell you this. God has heard you. So you don't need to worry about it. 
despite what has happened, the challenge you've seen in between, like we say, since January, February, March, lockdown, answers, December. Despite all of that, God has heard you. See, it, whatever has happened in the year hasn't taken it by surprise. It hasn't taken it by surprise. Then the second thing, it's like my time is running fast. So the other thing that I want you to know, God answers your prayer. God answers your prayer. No matter the prayer request you bring, God will answer it. You might say, Pastor, this is 2020. It's like six months of the year was nothing doing, nothing happened. But I need to tell you, God will still answer your prayer. All things are still now ready. It might not look like it. This is mid-month, a few days to end the year. But whatever request you've given to God, God answers it. But the beauty about it, it might not necessarily be at your own time. God answered it at the proper time. He will do it at the proper time. If you read that story, wanted to know there, Elizabeth was five months pregnant when the med word got to Mary. If you read the story, the angel spoke to Zechariah. He said, for a particular purpose, that this child will lead a forerunner of Jesus. See, God is not answering your prayer because he wants to make you happy. It's for his own. It's not about you. It's not about you. If you think that request is about you, then you're in for a long, 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 long wait. He's about his own purpose, his own agenda. Because when that bed came in, he knew that he need. Because try and imagine it. That means basically, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were married, waiting for Mary to be born, for Mary to become engaged before the child will come in. So you see, it's, see anything about your life, it's, it's not chaotic. For you, my son, in, my son, things are just happening. With God, it's, it's not like that. So with God, eh, time is a continuum. The past, the present, the future. All in a straight line. He sees them at once. For you, your tomorrow, your yesterday, you can't recover it. But for God, eh, he can actually recover your yesterday. Just like the IT specialist can say, oh, I've lost my, my information in my system. All you need to do is give them the what? The hard drive. What would they do? Says, ma, it is recovered, your files. Whatever you think you've lost, God will recover it. See, it's, 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 not, it's not impossible for him. So I want you to know this. God eh, will answer your prayer in the proper time. The Bible says a thousand years is like a day 
before God. And a day is like a thousand years. Praise the Lord. The other thing I'll let you to note, all of your desires and needs are ultimately going to be met through Jesus Christ. Verse 17 of that. Okay, let's go to verse 17 of that um, Luke. He says, he will go before the Lord as a forerunner with his own power and anointing as of Elijah. He will be instrumental in the turning of hearts of the fathers and tenderness of, to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of the righteous father. He will prepare and unite, prepare united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. So I'm trying to emphasize what I said earlier before. So whatever you're asking for, it's going to be through Christ. And it's going to give God glory. So it's not about you. It's not, it's not about you. So another thing that I want you to know, don't let your past experience limit your present experience with God. Don't let your past experience limit your present experience with God. You might have said, hey, this year, all things are now ready. With excitement, with the word that came in, from all the men of God that came in, so strong the word. You were excited about it. And this is, what's today's date now? This is December 20th. So barely like 11 days to go. You check off your list. <laughs> You're not able to even check one or even two. And now they're telling you crossover service is coming. Around that word again is coming. I beg you, leave that thing. See, you only scam in yourself. See, God's word is true. In any planet, in any time, in any season, God's word is true. You walk by time. Time that is controlled by the rotation of the earth around the sun. That's what makes up a year. But do you know where God lives? God lives outside time. He's not bound by time. He's not bound by what he has created. He's not bound by it. He will do it when he wants. So if you feel disappointed, don't let that cloud your judgment of what you expect of him. Because that's what happened to Zechariah. The angel that appeared to with all of this. Let's go to somewhere because I think there's a part there. Um, verse 19. I like Angel Gabriel's response. See, the angel said to him, you know who the follow talks to? You know who bring this message to you? Because it might sound like Pastor K comes here to say and declare the word, you feel he's just a man. Pastor Media will come to word and say, just a man. Then forget the momentum, Apostle Selma will come, mm, now on that level. So do you know who is talking to you? Who is bringing the word to you? He says, I am Gabriel. 
I stand beside God himself. The one who is just there. Who is just there. See, most times, let me try and I wrote this somewhere. We fear and tremble at the acts of God, but never in reverence of Him. We see a miracle, we are excited. Wow, God is there. See, God is not there. It's just His heart. It's just His heart. I need you, no matter how often the word will come, I need you to hold on to it in reverence. God's miracle, they are not him. You can't hold on to his miracle and say, this is God. No. But you can hold on to his word and say, this is God. So the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. But you can never hold on to the miracles because even the devil can perform that same miracles. Good case study, Moses and the priest of Egypt. Moses laid his own rod, he turned to snakes. What did the priest they do? They did the same. So it's, God is not about his miracles, it's about his word. So I need you not to tremble at miracles. Not to go to one house of prayer, house of prayer. Ah, now yeah, they happen, no miracle they there. You go. Hey, now yeah, they happen. It's not, see, it's not about that. Let me read something for you. First Kings. When I read this, it just blew my mind because I've been seeing that, I've been reading it, and First Kings. For like, a, you have it now, First Kings. 19, 11 to 13. Okay, let me read. So it's the story of Elijah. I think it's when Elijah complained, he is tired. And God said, come, 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 come over. God asked him, say, go out, stand before me on the mountain. He was in the cave. He said, get out, get out. Just go, stay outside. The Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Bible says the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. When I read this, no, sorry, it's, I'm a science student and I want to explain this to you to see the science behind it because some of more reason of these things we feel is just a miracle. Whenever God lives in this world, hmm, comes into this world, is bound to operate by the laws that are in it. There are sometimes it would defy it, but somehow he still lives by it. Now, in the book of First Timothy, let me explain this. I didn't give it to you for like I don't know where I think this um First Timothy six verse sixteen. Says who alone is immortal? Talking about God, who lives? Okay, he alone can never die. And he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach. Say what he lives in what? In light. The speed of light for you might not, when you turn on lights, before you even blink, it's already, you're saying it. So the speed of light, I didn't really check it, but it's that fast. But let me take it to a dimension we can really understand, the speed of sound. The speed of sound is about 250 meters per second. 
And that's barely around Mark 1 for science students. Excuse me for those who don't understand. But that's just the speed. 250 meters in a second. For those who do 100 meter race, you only see the distance multiplied by three, then divided by half. Hmm? That's a speed of sound for you. Now, a jet engine, most times they run on high speed at Mark 1. Now, let's just say, imagine that flying through Lecky, this walkway, the highway, hmm? at low altitude. Let me leave that. I'll go back to it. Let me take you to something you can, we can still understand. You're standing on the road. A Ferrari on high speed, it passes you, boom, it passed by. After that, what happens? You feel the wind. After the wind, you shake the earthquake. If you go back to that same verse, after the earthquake, if it's in a building that has combustible, it will burn. The fire will come out. For the um, kings, first kings. So I want you to understand the God you serve. Understand the God you serve. Say, so go out, stand. The Lord told Elijah. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. So he passed by at the speed of light. Because that's the only way. He lives in light. Immediately he passed by Elijah. A mighty windstorm hit the building. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks torn apart. They torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. And that's what I'm letting you know. It's not the miracles. That is just his heart. When he passes by, when God comes into a place, it will transform the place. Definitely. The sick will be healed. The blind will see. When God show up in the place. But that is not him. Say, but God was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. Next verse. After the earthquake, there was fire, like I explained to you. Because if that jet, like this our building, flies through, what you have is boom. The next thing is the roof following. Because that's the speed. So imagine God that lives in light. God that lives in light, when he's strolling, he's strolling at the speed of light. When he passes by, when he shows up in your house, things will be transformed. That's the God you serve. Then still imagine that God, because he loves you so much, being confined into a human body. All because he wants to reach out to you. All of that energy squeezed in into a body. Squeezed into a body. All because he wants to reach out to you. So, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after that, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. Hold on to his word. That's where God is, his word. The Bible, that is him. Don't let the scarf on hold wound hold you back from experiencing God. Because I prayed about this. He has not answered it. So because of that, mm, let me try on that way. 
Let me seek God with my own self. Let me approach him in a different form. My brothers, my sisters, he is still God. All by himself. He doesn't need you to be God. He doesn't need you. He is God all by himself. So I need you, whatever request you have, whatever you're believing God for, not, see, don't be like Zechariah, so close to God, but yet unbelieving. So close to God, but yet unbelieving. God is just on the other side of the curtain. It's a simple whisper. Father, I'm not leaving this holy place until my wife gets pregnant in this instant. Until Zechariah give me a phone call. Zeki, it don't happen. See, it's been desperate because he, praise the Lord. I need to hold on. Whatever you're believing God for, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. God is not bound by your time. It's not. He operates in season. He has a grand scheme. Like I told you, Zechariah and Lisbeth, they had to wait for Mary to be born, for Mary to become engaged. All of that they didn't know. But that knowledge resides with God. So I need you to trust God. Trust him. He has the full picture of it all. He has the full understanding of what's going on. So I need you to stop seeking for where he has been when he's just beside you. Stop seeking for where he has been. Wherever miracles have happened, eh? he's just got, he just passed by there. He's not longer there. But he's in your heart. He's in your heart. A simple whisper to him is enough to reach, to reach him. It's simple whisper. Father, I need help. Father, I need help. Help me to believe you. Like that man says, Jesus, help me. Help my own belief. If Zechariah had simply just reached out, called, help me, God would have shown hope. The same God, like I said, that made a dead wood come alive. Then it's in you, created in his own image, that I can bring back to life. So I need you to seek God. Seek his person, not his acts. Seek his person, not his acts. The acts are just where God has been. He wants to reach out to you. He wants to connect with you. Let's begin to round up. I want to reach out to some of us here. For some of us, I think we are afraid to wait on him because we are afraid he won't show up. For some, that's your fear. He might not show up. There's no need. I've gone down this road before. I've prayed. I fasted, Pastor. I joined my faith. I had the confessions all written. I believed him that he would show up on this date. 
See yourself. Give it on a date. But I need you to believe him. Believe him. Don't worry. You don't need to be scared. He will definitely show up. He will. And I bet you when it does. Ah! When it does. Those years of waiting will become like knots. That's why it says a thousand years is like a day. They'll become like knots. Try and imagine Zechariah. If they have given birth, the first few years of getting married, would we have known of that child? We will not have. We will not have. But because of the fact that they waited, they believed. They hoped against hope. Even when it became so difficult, they never stopped serving God. Zechariah, still in that unbelief, still came up to the temple to worship. Yes. You know one thing I asked? Because in those days, eh, God truly is a merciful God. The Bible says, if you read, okay, not read the Bible, but it's from history. See, so for the high priest, for them to go into clothes, hmm? they don't allow them to sleep. You know why? They don't want them to sleep and they have a dream that will defy them. Get it? They don't want them to sleep. They keep them awake. If they're going to go into the most holy place tomorrow, they, are, they keep secret them, no sleep, no closing of eyes. What they do, they keep reading the scriptures to them. So that they stay, remain in the state of holiness. But yet, Zechariah had unbelief. And that's one thing eh? God hates. To tell you all things are ready. And you say, how? How? You question him. See, it's okay to ask God a question. But it's not okay for you to question him. It's not your place. You can ask him a question, but you can never question him. When you question, you challenge his authority. When you question, your, your, your challenge is if he's real. You can never question him, but you can ask him a question. You might say this year, oh, I've lost loved ones. I've lost, I faced challenges. How? Why did God allow this? Is there really God? Never do that. Never do that. Don't have time, but if you can get it from me, the back in, in Job, it's in Job 5. God's response to Job, when Job questioned him. See, I'm going to repeat that again. It's okay for you to ask God a question. It's never okay for you to question him. So I need you to wait. Wait on him. Wait on him. God will show up. I promise you he will. He might not show up in December 31st, but I know he will show up. Amen. That I can beat my chest. God will definitely show up. So I need you to wait. Whatever you're doing in this house, keep doing it. Challenge yourself more. As this year is coming forth, start making the next year coming, start making preparations. Forget about what has happened. Like I said, don't let your past experience limit you of your present experience of God. Don't let it. Start making preparation for the next year. Get excited about the world for next year. Get your mind open. Get yourself challenged. Start challenging yourself. Anything you need to put in place, 
put in place. Because God will always show up. He says, they that wait upon him shall renew. He will renew that strength. So I need you to keep waiting because God will definitely show up. In Jesus' name we pray. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412 or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.